Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power in a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of the rich and the super-duper successful. So the quote that we're going to start today's show with is, Our goals can only be reached through a vehicle of a plan in which we must fervently believe and upon which we must vigorously act. There is no other route to success. I love this quote. Hear the key words in it. Plan, believe, and act. That's what it takes. Let me repeat this quote again. Our goals can only be reached through a vehicle of a plan in which we must fervently believe and upon which we must vigorously act. There is no other route to success. And this is from famed painter Pablo Picasso. The title of today's show is Ready, Aim, Fire. Ten steps to setting and achieving your goals. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to remind you, if you ever want to go back and re-listen, not only to this show, but any of the previous shows, you can go to my website, www.powerhh.com, or we're also in the iTunes store, so you can find us in the iTunes store. Just do a search for Power in a Half Hour. If we're not friends on Facebook, my name on Facebook is Mark Starr. That's M-A-R-K-S-T-A-R-R. On Instagram, it's at Coach Mark Speaks. And we also have the Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. If you want to receive my daily motivational and inspirational messages, this is for all my listeners in the United States. All you have to do is text the letters BBD to 411247. And if you had not had an opportunity to download my book, you can get it for what? Free. www.repeataftermebook.com. All right. We got an absolutely amazing show today. So let's go ahead and get started. Profile number one, Jonathan Simmons. Now, Jonathan was born in Houston, Texas, and is the oldest son of Latanya Simmons, a single mother raising four kids on her own. Jonathan's mother, Latanya, struggled to raise her four kids as she worked at Houston's Bush Intercontinental Airport for almost 20 years, doing everything from working as a check-in agent to taking boarding passes for United Airlines. Latanya would work long hours that prevented her from being able to cook for her kids, so she would take her kids to McDonald's and allow them three items off the dollar menu. Jonathan went to Smiley High School where he attended classes just enough to be able to play basketball. During his senior year of high school, a John Hopkins study labeled Smiley High as a dropout factory. That's a school where at least 40% of a freshman class doesn't get to their senior year. Wow, that is absolutely crazy 40 percent of the kids that start as freshmen don't even make it to the senior year now smiley was rated academically unacceptable by the texas education agency 
even though Jonathan didn't do well in school, just barely getting by, he had a dream of going to the NBA. When he was 16, Jonathan was 5'7 and seriously considered dropping out of school. By his junior year, Jonathan had a growth spurt and grew 8 inches. He was starting to get recruited by colleges like SMU, Texas A&M, and Marquette, but because of low grades, Jonathan would have to go to a junior college. He played his freshman season at Paris Junior College, averaging 12.2 points per game and earning all-conference honors. The following year, he transferred to Midland College and upped his scoring average to 13.3 points per game, again earning all-conference honors. The following year, he would transfer to the University of Houston. Because of NCAA transfer regulations, Jonathan would have to sit out for the 2010-2011 season. Now, during the 2011-2012 season, Jonathan was the leading scorer for the University of Houston Cougars and was ranked eighth in his conference. At the end of the season, against the advice of his coaches, Jonathan decided to sign with an agent and declare himself eligible for the NBA draft. Although Jonathan had dreams of going to the NBA, his true motivation for declaring was that he wanted the opportunity to be able to provide for the three daughters that he had at the time. Unfortunately, Jonathan went undrafted. After this letdown, Jonathan attended trials for the brand new American Basketball League and was eventually selected by the Sugarland Legends in the first round. He would average 36.5 points in 16 games. Now, during this time, Jonathan says he doubted himself the most and he was watching guys that he played against in college get drafted and go to the summer league, yet he had no opportunities. He knew that he could play at that level, but he felt that he had no options. Although he felt discouraged, he refused to quit. Now, his mother suggested to him that maybe he should consider getting his barber's license as he was pretty good at cutting hair. She felt that he could build up a nice clientele and he would be able to provide for his daughters, in which he had four now. Jonathan wasn't quite ready to give up on his dreams. Jonathan finally found the break that he was looking for. He found out about a tryout session for the Austin Spurs, a D-League that's a developmental league basketball team. About 60 other men attended the tryouts, each paying the $150 registration fee. During the tryouts, Jonathan stood out and earned a spot on the team. During his first season, he considered giving up on his basketball career and moving back home and working a 9-to-5 job so that he could take care of his four daughters, but he decided to push on, and during his second season in the D-League, he averaged 15.2 points per game and helped carry his team to the Western Conference Finals. He was now back on the NBA radar. In 2015, Jonathan was one of 40 players to attend the NBA Developmental League's elite minicamp that would take place days before the NBA draft. Once again, Jonathan stood out and finally received the call that he was waiting on. His agent told him that the San Antonio Spurs just gave him a two-year deal. When Jonathan had the deal confirmed by the Spurs staff, he got emotional and his mother cried the entire night. After a few months on the bench during his rookie season, Jonathan was finally added to the San Antonio Spurs rotation and he has become one of their upcoming rising stars. During this season, Jonathan has played a critical role in helping the Spurs to advance to the conference finals as two of their star players have become injured. A few years ago, Jonathan was scraping together whatever he could to help buy diapers for his daughters, almost ready to give up on his dreams, to now fulfilling his dream of playing in the NBA at the highest level. 
Jonathan says, shoot, every day I kind of think and just reflect back on all it took to get to this point. I'm just continuing to stay humble about it because I want to keep getting better and being the new guy, I just want to try to get the respect from the other guys. This was just about turning negatives into positives for me and just appreciating the experience. I always talked about it, but I think it wasn't until after my first year in the lead league where I really got comfortable enough to feel like someday I'm going to be a big part of this team. I know what I can do. Now, this guy, it would have been so easy for this guy to give up on his dreams. He had four little girls, but he didn't. He continued on. Even though he had pressure from people outside, his mom, everyone telling him, you know what, you probably need to give up on this dream. He still continued on. He still continued on, and now he's a member of the San Antonio Spurs. And probably next year when his two-year contract runs out, this guy is going to make millions of dollars just because he stuck with his dream. Profile number two, Kenneth Cole. Now, Kenneth grew up in New York. After high school, Kenneth went to Emory University. After he finished college, he was planning to go to law school, but Kenneth decided to put that on hold to go and work with his father, who had a woman's shoe factory in Brooklyn. After working with his father for two years, they started Candies, a line of imported shoes from Italy. A few years after helping his father start Candies, Kenneth decided to start his own business. Now, at the time, Kenneth had very little money, and he knew that most startup businesses didn't usually last long. Kenneth went to Italy to find some shoe factories that needed business. Listen to what this guy did, because this guy started the company with no money. He started his business with no money, but he realized that he could get loans from shoe factories in Italy. So he went to Italy and he was able to finance getting all the shoes that he needed. Now, he knew that it was easier to get credit from factories in Europe who needed the business than from American banks that didn't. When he got to Italy, he designed a collection of shoes and then committed to ordering 40,000 pairs of shoes. So even though he didn't have any money, he got his first 40,000 pairs of shoes on credit. Now, during that time, there wasn't a system to get trademarks researched and registered quickly, so he used his name as the company. Back then, the way that you sold shoes to retailers was that they would preview them at the Market Week trade show. You would either have to rent a room at the New York Hilton where the trade show was, or you would have to do what the big companies do and get a fancy showroom in Midtown Manhattan, not far from the Hilton. Kenneth didn't have money for either, so he called up a friend in the trucking business and asked to borrow one of his tractor-trailer trucks to park in Midtown Manhattan. His friend agreed but said that he probably wouldn't be able to secure a permit to park the tractor-trailer. Kenneth went to the mayor's office, and they told him that they don't give permits out unless it's to a production company shooting a full-length movie or a utility company. Kenneth got an idea to go to a stationary company and he changed the company letterhead from Kenneth Cole Inc. to Kenneth Cole Productions. And the next day he applied for a permit to shoot a full length film entitled The Birth of a Shoe Company. In December of 1982, Kenneth Cole Productions opened a 40 foot mobile showroom just north of the Hilton. This guy improvised. He didn't have the money to pay for a booth at the trade show. He didn't have the money to pay for a fancy showroom, so what did he do? He became creative and he improvised. They had shoes, cameras, lights, and a cameraman. Sometimes they had film in the camera and sometimes they didn't. 
Byers came and he would take the orders in a phone booth that was just outside the trailer. Kenneth sold 40,000 pairs of shoes in three and a half days. He had sold all the shoes that he got on credit. He was able to finance this whole thing with very little money out of his pocket because he didn't pay up front for the shoes because he didn't have any money. He got those companies in Italy, the shoe manufacturers in Italy, to front him the shoes. And then now he didn't have the money to participate the right way in the trade show, so he got his buddy to lend him the trailer. The company was off and running. During the first year, they made $5 million in sales and made a profit of $1 million. During the early years, Kenneth had no real plan. He just figured it out along the way. He first thought that his job was to create great-looking shoes, but he realized that this wasn't true. He learned that shoes needed to fit, be comfortable, and not fall apart. He had to invest more in the construction of the shoe, not just the look. He also learned that his job wasn't to tell people what to wear, but to find out what they wanted and to give it to them in unexpected ways. Kenneth would spend time in the stores to see what people were trying on and go to the clubs at night because people were dressed and pressed and he would try to interpret what they wanted. To expand, he would either have to find more people to sell shoes to or to find more things to sell to the same people. He decided to sell in more categories. First, they started designing shoes for men as there wasn't many fashionable options for men. Kenneth figured that it wasn't about seeing what was already in the marketplace, but more about paying attention to what wasn't there. He started designing shoes that he would want to wear and put them in stores. The company then began creating women's handbags and leather outerwear. In 1994, Kenneth took the company public to help fuel expansion. At the company's height in 2006, the company had annual revenues of $536 million. In 2011, Kenneth decided to take the company back private. In 2015, he rebranded the company. Kenneth Cole currently has over 100 stores all over the world, and Kenneth has a net worth of $100 million. This is an amazing story because I'm sure many of us have seen the Kenneth Cole shoe brand and all the other products that they sell. Well, this guy started this business with hardly any money at all. Instead of going to the banks that he knew were going to say no to him, he found shoe manufacturers that would produce the shoes for him because they needed the business anyway. And then he figured out a way to be able to showcase all his shoes to all the people that were at the trade show without having to pay those exorbitant fees to display his shoes at the trade show. And was able to sell his entire line of 40,000 shoes in three and a half days. And this is how he got his start. A lot of great lessons we can learn from him. Now, if you don't know where you're going, you will never get there. The reason why most people never accomplish their dreams and desires is because they don't develop a plan to achieve them. Even though most people believe goal setting is important, eight out of 10 people say their life lacks an overall goal. Now, of the people who do actually make goals, only one in five actually write them down. Researchers have determined that writing down your goals makes you 10 times likelier to achieve them. Let me repeat this. Researchers have determined that writing down your goals makes you 10 times likelier to achieve them. In 1979, there was a Harvard MBA study on goal setting that analyzed the graduating class to determine how many had set goals and had a plan for their attainment. 
In the Harvard Business School MBA study on goal setting, the graduating class was asked a single question about their goals in life. The question was this, have you set written goals and created a plan for their attainment? Now, prior to graduation, it was determined that 84% of the entire class had set no goals at all. 13% of the class had set written goals but had no concrete plans. And 3% of the class had both written goals and concrete plans. Now, this is Harvard MBA graduates. Now, 10 years later, the 13% of the class that had set written goals but had not created plans were making twice as much money as the 84% of the class that had set no goals at all. Although that sounds good, the 3% of the class that had both written goals and a plan were making 10 times as much as the rest of the 97% of the class. Let me repeat that because I'm not sure if you guys heard that. The 3% of the class that had both written goals and a plan were making 10 times as much as the rest of the 97% of the class. That's absolutely amazing. Now, if this isn't reason enough, let's now take a look at some of the reasons that goal setting is so important. Number one, goals create a roadmap for success. Number two, Goals are the targets toward which you point your life. Number three, goals give you a starting point and a destination to reach. Number four, written goals help you to see where you are going, what changes you need to make, and if you are progressing towards your prize. Number five, goals help you to stay focused as well as to grow as a person. Number six, goals help you to focus your attention on your purpose and make it your dominant aspiration. Number seven, a specific goal does not take you around in circles. It puts you on a direct course of action. Number eight, the process of writing your goals helps you clarify what you desire to do, understand the importance of pursuing them, and commit yourself to making them happen. Number nine, goals help you to determine your priorities and directs you to focus on what is important. And number 10, setting goals in the eight areas of life spiritual, health and fitness, financial, relational, social, family, professional, and self-development empowers you to live your vision with power. Let's now take a look at a 10-step process that you can use to achieve your goals. Step number one, it's called dream mapping. Make a list and don't hold back. List everything that comes to mind. Now, these are some questions that you want to ask yourself. What do I want? as in to do, to be, and to have. What do I enjoy? What activities do you enjoy? And number three, what do I value? What and who do I value? Maybe certain traits or maybe certain people. Take a day to do this first step before you move on to step two. Let me go over those questions again. What do I want? As in, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And what do you want to have? What do I enjoy? What types of activities do you enjoy doing? And what and who do I value? Maybe certain traits or certain people. Step number two, filter your dreams into goals. Consolidate and group your dreams into focus areas. Now here are the eight focus areas that you can start with and these are in no particular order. Number one, spiritual. Number two, health and fitness. Number three, financial. 
Number four, relational. Number five, social. Number six, professional slash career. Number seven, family. And number eight, self-development or personal development. Let me repeat those. Number one, spiritual. Number two, health and fitness. Number three, financial. Number four, relational. Number five, social. Number six, professional slash career. Number seven, family. And number eight, self-development or personal development. Step three, test the goals. You must answer yes to all five. Number one, is it really my goal? Number two, is it morally right and fair to everyone involved? Number three, is it consistent with my other goals? Number four, can I emotionally commit myself to finish the goal? And number five, can I see myself reaching this goal? Let me repeat these. Number one, is it really my goal? So amazing to me how many people are out there chasing someone else's goal or goal that someone else gave them. Number two, is it morally right and fair to everyone included? Number three, is it consistent with my other goals? You can't have goals that are against each other. Your goals should all work together to get you to the same place. Number four, can I emotionally commit myself to finish the goal? And number five, can I see myself reaching this goal? You have to have belief. If you don't have belief that you'll reach the goal, you're not going to accomplish it. Step four, this is another test. You must have at least one yes. Number one, will reaching this goal make me happier? Number two, will reaching this goal make me healthier? Number three, will reaching this goal make me more prosperous? Number four, will reaching this goal help me to have a better relationship with my family and friends? Number five, will reaching this goal give me peace of mind? Number six, will reaching this goal help me to advance my business or my career? Number seven, will this goal help advance my spiritual life? And number eight, will reaching this goal help me to become a better person? You don't have to answer yes to all of them, but you should at least answer yes to one of those. If not, then it's probably not a good goal. Step five, separate each goal into one of the following. Short range, that could be anywhere from one day to one month. Intermediate, that's one month to one year. And long range, that's anywhere from one year or longer. Step six, select goals. What you're going to do is select two short range, one intermediate, and one long range for each goal area. So that's two short range. That's the one day to one month. One intermediate, that's one month to one year. And one long range, that's one year more for each goal area. Step seven, tie each goal to a higher purpose. Studies have shown that linking your goals and actions to a higher purpose is the most motivating. Now, here are some questions that you can ask yourself to help determine your higher purpose. Number one, what makes you tick? Number two, what drives you the most? And number three, what gives you the feeling of purpose? Some examples are teaching, maybe helping others, spirituality, and your family. Step eight. Break down goals into sub-goals if needed. Step number nine, 
complete a goal sheet for each goal. Now, for each goal, you're going to, number one, write down the goal as specific and positive as possible. Number two, put a date to when you will accomplish the goal. Number three, identify potential obstacles. See, once you identify the potential obstacles, you won't be surprised when they show up. And more than likely, you'll have a plan to help you overcome that obstacle. Number four, identify the people slash groups that you will need to work with to accomplish the goal. Number five, write down what's in it for me and why is this goal important for you to accomplish. And number six, develop an action plan. And here's how you develop an action plan. Number one, create an individual note card for each sub-goal. Number two, on this card, list the next immediate action to move towards this goal and make sure that you're very specific. Number three, list no more than three actions per goal. And number four, keep updating the card as you move towards the goal. And step number 10, track, review, and reassess. This is so very important. You got to track those goals. Track, review, and reassess. Let's now take a look at what the experts have to say about goals. Now, motivational speaker and best-selling author Gabrielle Bernstein says, often when you're excited about pursuing your dreams, people in life can resist your path. If you get hung up about this resistance, it will block your forward motion. When resistors show up in your life, disengage from their opposition. Say thank you for sharing and change the subject. Best-selling author of The Happiness Advantage, Sean Aker, says the fastest way to accomplish a goal is to look back at previous successes. And the most successful leaders and professional athletes I've observed make success lists. Instead of writing a list of all you need to do, keep a running list of all the things that you've done today. Our brain accelerates towards goals when we perceive progress and when we see that the finish line is close. That's why we speed up at 26.1 miles into a marathon. Nutritional consultant and the author of The Six Pillars of Nutrition, Dr. Mike Roussel, says many people don't realize that they have one reserve tank for their willpower. They don't have one for dieting, one for work, and one for finances. This is why it's a bad idea to take on new challenging things in all different areas at once. Doing so will deplete your willpower reserve very fast because you'll need self-control for all these new areas in your life, and this will prevent you from being great in any one area. Focus on a single task in a single area of your life and pour everything you have into it. Once you have momentum or have mastered that goal, move on to the next one. It's very important. A lot of people always try to do a million things at one time. You can't accomplish 10 or 20 different goals at one time. Focus on one, and then once you accomplish that or you got enough momentum in that one goal, then you move on to the next one. Dr. Christian Northrup, New York Times bestselling author of Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, says, connect passionate emotion with your goal. You can't just want it casually. You have to have your body, mind, and spirit engaged in it. And you have to be willing to do the actual everyday showing up to get it done. And finally, Dr. Michael Rosen, the chief wellness officer at the Cleveland Clinic says, email a friend daily on your goal and what you're doing for it so that you have someone to whom you are vulnerable and accountable to. All right, all right. Well, that's all that we have for today's show. Want to remind you, you can go back and re-listen to this show 
by going to my website, www.powerhh.com, or you can find me in iTunes. Just do a search for Power and a Half Hour or for Coach Mark. Now, I know you have three friends that could have benefited from what we talked about today. We want our friends to be on the same program as us because let me tell you something. You become the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So if you around five people that are wasting their lives away, that aren't doing much to improve, then guess who's going to be the six? That's right. You guessed it. You are. So we want to make sure that we're around people that are trying to improve their lives. And that's going to help us to improve our lives as well. So make sure you share this with your friends. All right. Tell them about the radio station that you're listening to this show on. Or you can have them go to my website, www.powerhh.com, or search for me in the podcast section of iTunes, all right? So the quote that we're going to end today's show with is, give me a stock clerk with a goal, and I'll give you a man who will make history. Give me a man with no goals, and I'll give you a stock clerk. I love that quote. That's from J.C. Penney. And I got one more quote today. And the last quote that we have for today's show is, if you don't design your own life plan, Chances are you'll fall into someone else's plan. And guess what they have planned for you? That's right, not much. And that's from the great Jim Rohn. Thank you much. And until next show. Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Starr. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour. And join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.